0: Good morning, ladies and gentlemen, all over the world. Good morning. It it is Monday here you. on Church Board oh. Confessions. Oh. He will direct your path. So what's we'll that fear again? Ladies and gentlemen, welcome once again to another episode of Church Board Confessions podcast. I'm your host, Emmanuel Hecke, um, and hope you guys had a great Past week hope you guys had a great life I have a testimony that I want to start off this episode with ladies and gentlemen all right um, I mean I could really take this all the way back to me graduating from college not knowing what I wanted to do and then being unemployed for 18 months I can take it all the way back to me completely not wanting to do politics and pursue law anymore because you know the 2016 election was so ugly um, and graduating from UCLA which is oh great props you're going to use you went to UCLA you got a degree but now not even using a degree that I got because I majored in um, political science no not to people who major in political science I'm one of you but just make sure you have a clear plan that's all I'm going to say but nevertheless you know uh, I found myself in a sticky situation come 2020 and not really knowing what I wanted to do with my career-wise because of course you have an associated non-profit it's great and I would love to one day just be the executive director of an associated be a pastor of Redeeming Grace Christian Center and be able to provide for my family by God's grace that's my future but maybe uh maybe not maybe so but nevertheless you know got to make this money somehow um, and God was able to send me to a great ad agency where I learned a lot. It was amazing people, amazing work culture. Um, but you know, finally came to the point where I decided I wanted to pursue something called user experience design. Um, it's kind of something I put, you know, I started, but then kind of put on the back burner a little bit cause I started school I started working and all that different stuff. But finally, ladies and gentlemen, I found myself having put my foot inside that door Of the user experience design industry um and i started a new internship recently and i just give glory to god because it's something i've been praying for something i've been waiting on it's a very competitive industry right now um and god is good god is good i know the market's messed up and i know it's it's an internship it's not you know full employee benefits and all that different stuff but it is a step in the right direction and I'm thankful to God to it so I got to come on here and I got to talk about how good he is that's also why this big old computer is behind me um cuz you know I use that for work now so uh glory to God man and you know I'm just thankful for the route that God has brought me on because you know although I can I can't say that you know I'm making the most money in my life or I can't say that I have had a clear path to where I'm at today. I can say that along the way, over the past three years of my life, I've met amazing people and I'm so happy I did and I wouldn't have unless God, you know, put me on the path that He's put me on. So um, I'm thankful. Um your boy is a UX designer and uh glory to God, you know. Um what can I say? But um nevertheless, man, uh you know it's another another day, another episode. I hope you guys have been good. Um, yeah, you know, we got a couple of announcements that I'll first start off with. I'm going to talk about imposter syndrome today, specifically in the church as Christians, which was a topic suggestion um, for one of the Bible studies in the past. And I thought it would be a good opportunity for us to bring this topic to the forefront, um, especially when this month we're leaning into all of this interchurch relationship topic. So, um, yeah, we're going to talk about that today before I get to that. Announcements is really, you heard it you know, or you saw it on our, on our Instagram this past week. Um, or both of these announcements on our Instagram this past week. Number one is that we are fundraising and we have a fundraising goal of $8,000 that we want to raise by the poetry jam, which is on August 26th at in, in Los Angeles. And we just booked the venue guys. So glory be to God. Um, but yeah, we, we, are trying to raise $8,000. And I know that, you know, a lot of us, we are young. A lot of us, we are not, I even just told you guys, I'm not exactly where I want to be in my career. We're making those baby steps there. But nevertheless, if you at any point in time have any type of, you know, you know, uh, uh, the Holy spirit puts it on your heart to provide, to, to send something to us. Um, then we would, we truly appreciate it. We would truly appreciate it. And you, you should know that it's going to purely the work of God, um, with, with this event and, and really all the things that we have planned. So, um, if that's you, uh, we pray that, you know, you definitely help us and, um, and yeah, and real quick shout out to the people who have already been supporting, um, some people have supported through the specific, uh, um, poetry jam fund, also just in, in general as well. Um, we, we we're receiving the money regardless and and I just want to say thank you so much like you know who you are um, and you know I know some people don't like to announce that they've given so I, I'm not going to say any names but I know your name and I just want to say I'm very thankful to you guys for what you have been giving um, it really means a lot and I'm very excited for this poetry jam Um, it's going to be an amazing moment. And if you are anywhere around the area, or maybe you're not around the area, I'm just saying that I genuinely want you to be there for this poetry jam. And this poetry jam is different from previous poetry jams. It's because this is literally, this is like a climax. This is like a story. This is a culmination moment for the poetry jam five years later to fall on the exact day that we turn five years old it's just that's just a movie right there um so we're really gonna celebrate five years five is such a beautiful number five years of unassociated existing um the best way we know how another poetry jam the first poetry jam was back in 2018 and that was like three months after we actually launched um it was in like november 2018. So it's just dope, man. I think the Poetry Jam is really what put us on the map, um, like locally. And uh, yeah, we're still here. We're still doing it. And I'm very excited. And also, if you would like to be a part of that show, if you would like to, you know, say your spoken word, your your poems, um, about your testimony, about your human experience, about how, you know, giving us something that, that really glorifies God and, and proclaims your identity in Christ, then please, I encourage you. You don't have to be the best. You don't have to be the most, the best wordsmith or the best artist. I just want people who are going to talk about God and to be real and to be transparent, to be authentic and to say something that you know that God has put on your heart that can be blessed, be a blessing to other people. So if that's you, um go to the description of this episode um we're back on youtube thank god sorry we were gone for a minute but i as you can see i have a new laptop um god is good um well you can't see that i don't know why i said you can see that but nevertheless the description the link is in the description of this episode no matter what you're listening to it on um and submit something all right like don't don't let anything Please don't let it be fear and don't let it be unbelief that stops you. I'm not saying that we're going to accept everybody that submits something. But please, that's what my mom told me not too long ago. Don't let fear and unbelief ever stop you from doing anything. And that's a fact, man. Y'all think I'm done, man. I got a lot more ideas (laughs) that's about to be happening because I can't let fear stop me. Let God tell me no. But, But fear can't tell me no. Unbelief can't tell me no. So, yes, please submit your auditions. Um, and if you have it, if it's put on your heart and you have it, um, then please help us, uh, with, with sending us a donation and maybe you don't have it and you know, you're not going to have it anytime soon. And there's still a way that you would like to support. And I would say that the best way that you can support us right now is of course, with prayer, with prayer, with prayer, with prayer, um, prayer for really just us as a team, um, and myself and the board as leaders to, really just continue to 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 let God have his way and for his mission to be fulfilled through us as his vessels. Um, and of course, you could al- always be um, sharing the news and spreading, spreading the word about the poetry jam and about our fundraiser as well. So we'd really appreciate all those things, okay? So um, today we're gonna talk about imposter syndrome in a church, um, I think it's a real thing. Um, I can't say that I have a whole bunch of firsthand experience with this because I feel like given the positions that I've been given in the church given the fact that I've been born and raised in the church and given the fact that my dad's a pastor I've probably been the person that made people feel like they didn't belong in the church not not because of like I did something to them but because like maybe they looked at me and was like this guy looks like he has his life together so on and so forth even though I don't well let me not say I don't I do by God's grace maybe Depending on how you look at it, all right. But nevertheless, you know, I might not be able to have so much first hand knowledge with feeling like an imposter in the church, but I do have much firsthand knowledge with the idea of really just being discouraged in your walk because you see other people doing amazing things in their walk. I do have firsthand experience in feeling like I was, I am, um, um, because I feel less holy than other Christians, then I'm, then something's wrong with me. And I feel like I don't belong here or not, not so much belong here, but I feel like I just feel bad. I I feel low. And I, and I think that that's really the root of a lot of the reasons why in conversations I've had with, uh, people who would talk about the imposter syndrome in a church, um, sometimes it can be cultural, right? Sometimes it can be, Maybe the church is just simply not a good fit. Those are absolutely real factors that can happen, right? But I think most commonly, um, this imposter syndrome that a lot of us young people have within the church stems from us feeling like, feeling discouraged because we're not as holy as other people. Because we have different backgrounds, we have different stories, you know, we came from different places, you know, we have different lifestyles that we once lived before. Um, but nevertheless, we are all children of God. God ain't got no grandchildren. God ain't got no cousins. We're all his children, all equally his children. Um, when we put our faith in Christ and that imposter syndrome, first thing we need to express and and set clear is that it is alive from the pit of hell you belong in the church you belong in the global community of believers and yes you belong belong in your neighborhood local church that you go to first on sundays um and and for for sunday service and, and wednesdays or tuesdays or bible study and all the events in between all different stuff because i'm not this is not the podcast where i say it's okay to not go to church you guys know me I'm telling you, like, y'all know me. I, I, everybody got an excuse as to why they don't go to the church and, oh, I like God, but I don't, I don't go to the church. You can't tell me that you're Christ-like and you're running away from the church. No. You can't tell me that you're Christ-like and you're advocating for people to separate themselves from the church. I know this is not where I'm going, but I understand church hurt. I understand to some degree because I've never experienced it to the extent as a lot of people have. but. I understand all of that. I understand the process that needs to be healed. I understand maybe time off. I understand all of those things, but I will never, ever sympathize with people who advocate that someone shouldn't be going to church anymore or someone shouldn't go to church at all or so on and so forth. I think that that is taking it way too far. And I think that that is wrong, straight up. And it's unbiblical. It's straight up. It's wrong. (laughs) But nevertheless, man, um, we all belong there. We all belong in the church. We all belong in the body of Christ because that's what the church is. It's the body of Christ. Um, so we need to make sure when, when we acknowledge that, then we can acknowledge that the imposter syndrome is something that's trying to take us away from places that we are supposed to be because God has put us there and God wants us to be there. And if that's something that that is going against God, then that means it's something that is not of God. If it's something that's going against God and his will for your life, then that means it's something that needs to be dealt with. So let's deal with the imposter syndrome that we have in the church, in our faith, all right? Um, And I think that the proper way to respond to those thoughts that you don't belong, the proper way to respond to those thoughts that, you know, you're an imposter is in three things that you need to think about, three things that you need to acknowledge. The first one is that you need to be able to acknowledge God's role in sanctification, which we talked about a couple weeks back. That we're going to revisit this episode and you also need to understand the purpose of the church um and lastly you also need to hold fast to your testimony so we're going to talk about these three things um and i pray and i pray that um it really helps you to think more about the feelings and the thoughts that you have recognize them to be lies um and ultimately overcome them with uh with with the power of of god all right So the first thing I want to talk about is the importance of acknowledging God's role in sanctification. Like I said, we had this episode not too long ago. It was like two episodes ago. Um, the, The reality is we have to acknowledge that God is the source of our sanctification, because if we don't acknowledge that God is the source of our sanctification, we will more than likely think that we are the source of our sanctification. When I say sanctification, I'm talking about purification, right? We will think that our sanctification, our purification, our process of becoming more holy is a process that is carried out by our own righteous works and our own willpower. But that is not what the Bible teaches. That is not true. Um, And you have to understand there's a reason why things are not like that, because ultimately when we think that our sanctification is a process that is um, happening because of our own righteous works in our own willpower, then guess what? We will boast about it. We will compare ourselves to other people. We will boast about it. We will compare ourselves and then we'll inevitably see it as a competition. And let me tell you something. A lot of us have that imposter syndrome in the church because we think it's a competition and we're losing. We think holiness and sanctification is a competition and we're losing it. And Let me tell you something. I've always talked about how I believe that insecurities and pride are two sides of the same coin. And my, my, my belief is that the same people who are insecure when they meet people that are more holy than them would be prideful themselves if they were more holy than other people because you view it as a competition what happens when you're winning a competition you sometimes talk mess you sometimes beat your chest you sometimes say i'm him but when you're losing a conversation that's when you hang your head down and you feel like oh my gosh man i got beat so bad that i didn't even belong in the same court as the person you understand what i'm saying That's what happens when we see it as a competition. So we need to understand that it's not a competition. And the perfect way for us to understand that something is not a competition is when we recognize that it can't even be competitive. (laughs) Competition is founded on the idea that this person works super hard and this person works super hard. And who's gonna work harder who's gonna want it more who's gonna prevail over the other it, it rests on this idea that we are the source of the strength and, and and the the ability that we are using in order to win but notice that whenever the competition whenever you're talking about a competition people get disqualified when they start to use enhancements people get disqualified when they you know it's it, the their what their ability doesn't come from their hard work but it comes from um, just other areas that that people realize oh that's not fair anymore right And that's essentially what I need us to understand when it comes to the sanctification process and the fact that God is the source. If God is the source, then none of us can really brag about our sanctification process. None of us can brag about how purified we are. We can't brag about our own holiness because the process of us becoming more holy is one that is facilitated by God, not because... Emmanuel had all the willpower in the world and he's just righteous and he's just doing everything right because he's just better than I am. No, no, that's not what it is. We ought not to see this sanctification process as a competition, guys. Luke chapter 18, verse 10 to 14. I'm not going to read, but I am going to paraphrase. I think I believe you read it not too long ago. It's the parable that Jesus gives about the Pharisee and the tax collector. And in that parable, you have the Pharisee and the tax collector going to, going to the synagogue and they're talking to God. And the Pharisee says, God, thank you, because I am not like all these evil people, these adulterers and especially this tax collector that is right next to me. I'm not like them. You know why I'm not like them, God, because I fast twice a week and because I give my tithe. But then a tax collector just beats his chest and he says, God, I'm not worthy. I'm not worthy. I'm not worthy. And Jesus said that between these two people, only one of them is going home justified. And it's not the Pharisee. It's the tax collector. Because for the Pharisee, even the righteous works that he did do came from a spirit of pride, of ego, and of self-centeredness. He thought he's good because... He's more righteous than so-so-and-so. He's comparing. He's competing. He's not doing this good because he loves the Lord. He's doing this good because he believes this good makes him better than other people. And if you're only doing righteous works and doing holiness because you think it makes you better than other people, then trust me, you're not as holy as you think you are. And I think that's one of the multiple reasons why Jesus says that if your righteousness does not exceed that of the Pharisee, you will not inherit the kingdom of God. Because sure, you can do a lot of good things, but that doesn't mean that Jesus is in your heart. Because Jesus wasn't in their hearts. Jesus was on their helmet. That's what. <laughs> that's what Jesus was on. <laughs> Jesus was on their helmet. That's what he was on. <laughs> But ladies and gentlemen, the process of sanctification looks like this. It looks like God, first and foremost, God enlightens you to the revelation of truth, the revelation of the gospel. Read that in 1 Corinthians. What is that? 2 or 3? I think it's 2. Or 3. It's 3. It's 3. It's 3. Yeah, that's what it is. God enlightens you to the revelation. The Holy Spirit gives you the revelation of the gospel, the revelation of truth. And of course, we receive it, right? We acknowledge it. We acknowledge our sins. We put our faith in Jesus Christ. We surrender to the influence and the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. And then it's the Holy Spirit within us that causes us to mortify the deeds of the flesh that causes us to turn away, that causes us to repent, That 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 is the power source on which we can rely on to fuel our process of sanctification. That's the process. It's God. It started with God. It happens with God. It's maintained with God. Our focus is to keep our eyes on him. Our focus is to keep surrendering to him. And of course, that's tough that's not easy but when you realize that that's it's not about because your willpower and your works that you're that you're disrighteous as you are you realize that man like like i said the sanctification process is nothing to brag about it's something that we just have to remain dependent on the lord about first corinthians chapter six verse nine to eleven i read this as well do you not know that un- that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of god Do not be deceived, neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor homosexuals, nor sodomites, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, excuse me, nor revelers, nor extortioners will inherit the kingdom of God. And such were some of you, but you were, look at this, but you were washed, but you were sanctified. But you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of God. The Bible says you were washed, you were sanctified, and you were justified in the name of Jesus by the Holy Spirit. So if sanctification truly is produced by God, then our our focus, when we want to be holy, our focus, when we want our lives to, to mirror Christ. Is not let me see how I can be more holy than a person or B person or C person. It's about focusing on the Lord and allowing him to do the work that he wants to do within you. And can I also say this? I want you to allow the work that he wants to do in other people as well. Because when we recognize that this is not a competition, sanctification, holiness is not a competition between me and you then when I see another brother and sister in Christ truly being better, truly maturing in their faith, I'm not going to be intimidated and start questioning, oh man, I'm not like that. Oh, I need to do better. Oh man. No, I'm going to be clapping for them. I'm going to be happy for them because their sanctification, not only is something for me to rejoice about and be happy for them because their lives is better, but it also gives me hope. Because if God can sanctify them, then he can sanctify me. Because guess what? The Bible says there is one spirit, one baptism. So the same Holy Spirit that changed that person's life and made it so that they are not victims to the habitual sins in their lives is the same Holy Spirit that lives in you when you gave your life to Christ. So guess what? If he did it for him, he did it for her, he could do it for you too. So when I see other Christians maturing in their faith, when you see other Christians maturing in their faith, it's not time for you to get insecure. Thank God that your sanctification does not rest on your shoulders. Phew. It's your time to be happy for them. And it's your time to know that it is possible. It is possible. That's why I always talk about, you know, my past addictions. Not not so, you know, you guys can feel some type of way or to brag about it but i want you to know because when i was in it i genuinely felt like this was something i had to deal with the rest of my life and i know you think that too i know you do so i have to share this testimony i have to talk about it because i need you to know that the holy spirit delivered me and if he can deliver me god is not a god of partiality he can deliver you he will So I want to see your light shine. And I hope that you want to see my light shine, too, because that's what we're meant to do. Matthew chapter 5, verse 16 says, Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. That's what Jesus wants us to do. He wants us to let our light shine so we can glorify God. You know why? Because the light that we shine, it really isn't ours. It's God's through us. It's God's light shining through us. That's that's the light. But let me read to you more about God's light in John chapter three. It says this, and this is the condemnation. Mm. That means we're talking about some serious stuff that the light has come into the world and men loved darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. For everyone practicing evil hates the light and does not come to the light, lest his deeds should be exposed. But he who does the truth comes to the light, that his deeds may be clearly seen, that they have been done in God. Mm, let's talk about it. Let's talk about God's light. From this passage, we recognize something about God's light. A couple things we can recognize about God's light is that God's light exposes sinfulness. That's what it does. It exposes sinfulness. And a lot of people are not comfortable with this. But here's another thing you need to understand from this passage. We know that God's light condemns. It only condemns those that love the darkness rather than the light. So guess what that means? That God's light, although it can intimidate us, although it can make us see everything that's wrong with us in our own sin, that doesn't mean that it has to make us fearful. That doesn't mean that it has to intimidate us. In fact, it shouldn't intimidate you as a believer because you recognize that God is the one that's holding your hand through repentance and holding your hand through the process of sanctification. Because you've given your life to Christ. You are not someone that loves the darkness as, as, as opposed to the light. You are someone who chose Jesus Christ. You are someone that he's working on. So his light doesn't have to intimidate you. Because we know that you have sin. We all have sin. God exposing our sin is not for us to feel ashamed and to hide and to run away. No. Don't you understand that that's what Adam thought? That's what Adam thought when he said, hey, Adam, where are you? You think God didn't know where Adam was? And what did Adam do? He ran and he hid. Right, then he gives Adam the opportunity. I didn't even think of saying this. He, he gives out Adam the opportunity. What happened? What's going on? Why did you do it? And rather than Adam saying that, I'm sorry, I repent. I'm sorry I did what's wrong. He said, it's the woman that you gave me, God. God doesn't shine his light through others and shine his light on us so we can be ashamed in our sin, then go hide. He shines it so that we can understand that we need him. We need him. When you are a believer, God's light doesn't have to be fearful. It's not something that you have to hide from. It's not something that should be intimidating you. Your focus should be on giving God the time and the space that he wants from you. Give him the time and give him the space that he wants from you. And soon, the same light that you were intimidated by will be the light that is shining through you. So that men will see you and give glory to the Father. That same light that made you intimidated. That same light that made you feel like you didn't belong in the church. The same light that made you feel like, ah, these Christian friends are a little too holy for me. Just give God the time and space. That same light that intimidated you will shine through your life. That same light because those that are spiritually mature didn't get there by themselves they didn't get there because of themselves my goodness they got there because of the grace of God and they are maintained there because of the grace of God they continue to grow because of the grace of God because God is the source of our sanctification he's the source he's the source he's the source See your fellow believers, your fellow brothers and sisters in Christ. Brothers and sisters, by the way. See them and their light shine. It's not there to intimidate you. They're, they're testimonies and testimonies are meant to encourage you. That's really what it is. It's a testament to God's sanctifying power. And it's meant to encourage you. And that's what church is about. Church is about encouraging one another, church is about challenging one another, church is about correcting one another, church is about growing together. Church is about growing together and not so much in the spirit of competition, but actually in the spirit of love and and unity. So we're gonna read Ephesians chapter four because you know this is this is why I'm so opposed to people who advocate to leave the church. It's because you're supposed to be there according to scripture, because the church serves a purpose. Ephesians chapter four, verse 11 to 16, it says, and he himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers for the equipping of the saints, for the work of ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. Verse 13, till we all come to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the son of God, to a perfect man, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ and that we should no longer be children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the trickery of men, or um, in the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting, but speaking the truth in love, mm, may grow up in all things into him who is the head, Christ. Look at this, verse 16. From whom the whole body joined and knit together by what Every joint supplies, according to the effective working by which every part does its share, causes growth of the body for the edifying of itself in love. May God bless the hearing and the reading and understanding of his word in Jesus name. Amen. Read that as much as it takes for you to understand the purpose of the body of Christ. Because when we are joined and knit together by what every joint supplies and each of us are doing our effective work, each of us doing our share, we grow as a body and we edify ourselves in love. Church, ministry, all of these things exist for us, all of the believers around the world to be one, to be together, to grow Together. Together. Because God cares about all of us. Did you know that? And because God cares about all of us, He wants us all to be together. And He wants to use you to bring about that vision. Like we're all happy that we are the sheep that that is that he left the 99 for. But I, I honestly need us to also understand that that expresses, that shows how much he cares about all of us. He doesn't want any of us lacking from that, from that fold, from that herd. He wants us together under him. Ladies and gentlemen, we have different roles. We have different backgrounds. We have different stories. We have different testimonies, and we have different paths that we that we've taken to this point that we are in our lives. And all of this is for a reason. It's for a reason. It's for a reason. Oh well, this person was born and raised in the church, and I I I came I came late. I I was I was once living a life of sin, and and then I came. To, 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 to know Christ So was the first apostles So were the first apostles Man And that's why apostle Paul Can stand as a testament To the sanctifying power of God Just like you stand as a testament To the sanctifying power of God Come on man we don't look at Apostle Paul and say that, oh, you know, that guy, that guy is a persecutor of the church. No, we look at Apostle Paul. We say that guy wrote half of the books that we have today in the New Testament. But we look at him as a guy who gave his life to Christ and genuinely is the epitome of of, of what we see outside of Christ as, as self-denial in the Bible. And allowing Christ to live through him. Obedient. That's who we think. God brought you through a different path. God brought you through a a different life. Not everybody's a pastor's kid. Not everybody's born and raised in a church. But God brought you through that different path. And I'm happy that he did because a lot of us, we need to know about God's sanctifying power. We need to know that God could turn someone like how you were into someone like who you are now. We need to know that. It's beneficial to us to recognize that power in God. God's revealing his power through you and you're ashamed about it. Everyone in here in the church and everyone that's coming into church alongside you need to know your testimony. You to know your story. That's not something that you should feel different because of, or you should feel ashamed because of, you should feel like an imposter because of. No, thank God you're not the same. We need difference. We need different people. We need people from different backgrounds that can speak to different topics, that can evangelize from different angles, from different experiences. We all need to know about God's sanctifying power. If I'm being completely honest with you, I I've been that Christian who thought that man, that person, like I, I let me say it like this. I was, I've been on TikTok and I've seen multiple videos like this. Now, I saw this one. Um, girl that transitioned to be a guy, was transgender, to be a guy. And then, because they gave their life to Christ, transitioned back. And is now preaching about Jesus. Excuse me? And I was just thinking to myself, like subconsciously prior to that, prior to seeing that subconsciously in my head, it revealed to me. I was thinking to myself, like when somebody transitions and does something like that, that they're they're done, not because of sin. But I was always thinking to myself that they've made up their mind. There's nothing that one can say or do to make them repent because i just thought they made up their mind they're so sure of this that's that was my thought process but in seeing that i recognize i was downplaying i was underestimating what the gospel can do and a lot of us do I was underestimating the sanctifying power of God. I was underestimating what God can do when he touches someone's heart. I was watching another TikTok. This guy was in the comments. It was like a Keith Lee video. And 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 I I believe Keith Lee's a Christian. And if he's not, then dang, I just sound stupid right now. But nevertheless, I believe a lot of people think he was. And the person that commented this think he is. And I, yeah. And the person, Keith Lee, he's always, like, thanking God, all that different stuff. And the person in the comment, this is a full review video. person in the comment says, I will always criticize the church, whatever, but your video has me thinking more about a relationship with God. And I'm like, for real? Because sometimes my thought process is, look, you, look, I'm still being sanctified too. Sometimes my thought process isn't, or at least was, that I had to come out with the apologetics and the philosophical arguments and the intellect and all this stuff. And all that stuff is good. It's dandy. It's cool. It's real. It's helpful. But none of that is as powerful. the gospel none of that is as powerful as as genuinely being able to show love man and it's empty without it and i mean apostle paul spoke to that as well in the bible it's empty everything we do is empty without it and i guess the point i'm trying to make is just that like for those that feel like imposters because you're not as holy as others I really want you to continue down the path of that God's calling you towards because your sanctification, the way that God's going to use you and and sanctify you is going to stand as a testimony for others that are in the church. And furthermore, it's going to stand as a testimony to others who feel like I can't do the whole Christian thing because of my lifestyle. So you have to understand that this imposter syndrome starts to look a lot more like just the voice of the devil trying to discourage you on your path because he knows the story that you will tell will wake someone up that, whoa, God can actually change me. Whoa, God can actually change them yeah (laughs) you know that one like tiktok song. I was like um yeah (laughs) I don't know uh yeah that's uh god is good y'all god is good god is good man you are not an imposter in the house of the Lord, you are not an imposter. That is a lie from Satan. And for someone that's making you feel like an imposter, pray for them, please. Pray for them. 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 You're not an imposter. You're one of his kids. You're one of God's kids. Um, And uh, you have an inheritance just like everyone else. Um, Don't let the lies from Satan or maybe even the behavior of other people try to rob you of that inheritance. It's yours. Your name's on it. So, um, be encouraged, be encouraged and take the pressure off yourself. Be a vessel, be a vessel, be a vessel. All right. Be, be clay in the potter's hand. Um, let's pray. Father God, thank you so much for this word. Thank you so much for your goodness. Father, thank you so much for your love. Um, and I just pray that you help us Lord to never be imposters Lord in your church, in, in, in your, um, community in your body follow i just pray please help us father god to each do our part um, and share our testimonies oh god that will truly be a, excuse me be a blessing excuse me um to those inside the church and those outside the church as well so people can see your sanctifying power um in play in motion um, and that they can see how good you are and see that you are the father that has his hand, his hands open that is inviting people to him oh god not waiting for us to stop sinning in order to love us and to invite us, oh God, but there to invite us, Lord, in and change us from the inside out. Um so I pray you help us to never forget this, oh God. Never forget this. Never forget your role in sanctification. Um and to never feel like an imposter anywhere, oh God. Um, even if it's at work, even if it's in school, even if in different different spaces, oh God, because the reality is you equip us, you strengthen us, you are with us through the fire, through the rivers, through the waters, oh God. You, you are the one that that makes our paths wider so we don't slip. You are the one that makes hard things easy. You're the ones that makes impossible things possible. You're the one that makes tough things bearable. It's you. We can't, we, 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 we just have to depend on you. We have to look onto you, oh God. And anywhere that you've called us to, we will prosper and we will complete the mission, not by our own strength and by our own might, but by your spirit, oh God. We thank you. We thank you, Father, for your spirit, Being the one that carries us through day to day on top of mountains and even through the valleys, oh God, we thank you. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen and amen and amen. Um, once again, like I said, if God puts it in your heart, ladies and gentlemen, any given point in time to even spread the word or donate yourself as we are reaching towards this goal of eight thousand dollars, please, um, please be obedient. Please, please help us in that, in that right. If you would like to audition for the poetry jam, the link is in the description. Um, and I hope you guys have an amazing, amazing week. Hit me up if you have any questions. Sorry for some people. Uh, it took me a minute to get to some DMs um, past couple weeks, but I promise to do better. I promise to get over that. So yes, uh, DM us. If you have any questions or topic suggestions, um, of course, you can put that in Bible study uh, link, but then you can also go to wwwunassociatedcom slash confessions. And you can submit your uh, questions there as well or topic suggestions there as well. I love you guys. You guys have an amazing week. Peace.